Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Now, Solomonic success. What is the first key to success? Pardon? Obey your father's instructions. Number two. Build a temple of God. Number three. Seek for righteousness. Number four. Building your own house. And I want to say again, be a builder. Decide to be a builder. It will make you rich in this life. Don't spend all your money on clothes, shoes, cooking pots, and if you are a fancy, okay, sorry. And I don't want to say, I won't say it, please. What do fancy spend their money on? Huh? Cheese. Okay. Um, don't spend all your money on frying and cooking and so on. Also build something. Amen. Can I have an amen? amen? The next secret of Solomon's success is what? What? Wisdom and using the mind. Amen. We talked about that and I'm saying that as Christians we are supposed to use our minds also and not just to be so spiritual that we we don't know we no longer think about realities and practical things so spiritually minded that we are of no earthly good that is not what god wants us to do amen and there are too many Christians today who no longer think much. They just move by the Spirit. And that is not of the Lord. God gave you a mind. And He's expecting you to analyze things and to think. Think about the person who has proposed to you. If the person comes from somewhere where you know you cannot, you see, there are some places that if the person comes from, Naturally speaking, it will not be easy to flow with the person. So you must think about, apart from what the Spirit is saying, amen, analyze the thing very well. Otherwise, you will find out that, although you claim that the Spirit said, when you get into serious trouble, the Spirit which you say asked you to do what you are doing may not be giving you further advice at that point. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? So it's very important that we think as well. Students, you don't just... Before I did my final exam, I fasted and I prayed. I'm talking about medical school, final, final exam. I fasted and prayed for a whole day. I fasted and I prayed the whole day. It was a Saturday from morning to the evening about the exam. Because I didn't want to fail and I wanted God to help me. 
But after fasting and praying, I went to learn very, 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 very hard. And I went to find out everything that I could find out in order to help me to pass the exam. So it's not just spiritual things. You do the spiritual thing, but add the wonderful mind that God has given to you. The difference between races, or sometimes I say the difference between animals and human beings is just the mind. Because all of us, haven't you seen dogs have breasts? Have you not seen dogs having breasts? And their babies suck, just like we do. They do all the things that we do. They eat what we eat. I mean, those of you who have dogs at home, when you finish eating, you give them what you, what you didn't eat. I lie. Yeah, so what's the difference between you and your dog called Ododododio? I mean, what's the, what the, what the difference between you and your dog? <laughs> There's a difference, and that difference is up here. Up here. That is one of the major differences. That's why a lion can be in town, but it will never catch you. You would rather catch it. And we all know that if we put a lion here and we put Oko, Boted Oko over here, the lion will eat him. But if you use your mind, that lion can never catch us. It can be around, but it can even be in Kolegono, but it cannot, it cannot get us. We all know if I stand next to, face to face with a lion, it's only people like Samson and so on who can actually overcome a lion. But let's face it, man to man, you and I, if we stand before a lion, the lion is going to eat us. But have you noticed that lions are not catching us? We are catching lions. Because we are using our minds that God gave us. And the mind that makes you superior or rule and dominate over those that don't have the minds. Or, and also when you have something and you don't use it, it's the same as if you don't have it. It's a very deep statement. And I will make no further comment. The next secret which we have to notice here is the secret of eliminating certain elements from your life. Now, you will notice in the Bible that in 1 Kings chapter 2 that Solomon eliminated certain people from his life according to his father's instructions. Now the first secret that we learned was the secret of obeying your father's instruction. But I want to bring out another point here and that is that your life will never become what it ought to become unless you remove certain people, human beings, from your life. For that one, I can assure you. I can assure you that your company greatly affects whom you become and what you become. The company you keep and the people that you allow to be part of your life. I want to say it again. The people whom you allow to be part of your life will gradually affect you one way or the other. Even if you associate with unsuccessful people and poor blackout people who are not succeeding and are not going anywhere, you can easily become like that. Because 
That is what you see and that is what you know. And that is why poverty is a vicious cycle. It's difficult to come out of it. Because the, 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 the minds that, the way the mind is working when one is poor, as it were, or when one is a certain way, is, is like a chronic disease which is difficult to escape from. Now, I want you to notice that when Solomon became the king, the Lord told him through his father to eliminate three people. Amen. The first person was Adonijah. Now let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 2. We will not do so much reading today. More talking and less reading. 1 Kings chapter 2 verse 13. We read this the other time. So, 1 Kings chapter 2 verse 12. Then sat Solomon upon the throne of David, his father, and his kingdom was established greatly. Amen. Are you with me? Now, verse 13 says, And Adonijah, the son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. And she said, Comest thou peacefully? And he said, Peaceably. And he said, Moreover, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Say on. Thou knowest that the kingdom was mine, and that all Israel set their faces that I should reign. Howbeit the kingdom is turned about and is become my brother's, for it was his from the Lord. Now this is Adonijah. Notice that he was not supposed to be the king, but he's saying here that he should have been the king, but due to certain things, he's now no longer the king. Notice the way the person is thinking. Verse 16, I ask one petition of thee. Verse 17, he says, speak, I pray, unto Solomon the king. That he will give me Abishak, the Shunammite, to wife. Amen. Verse 22. And King Solomon answered and said unto his mother, Why dost thou ask Abishak, the Shunammite, for Adonijah? Ask for him the kingdom also, for he is my elder brother. Even for him and Abiathar the priest and for Joab the son of Zeruiah. Then King Solomon swear by the Lord, saying, God do so to me and more also, if Adonijah have not spoken this word against his life. And he went on, and verse 25, And King Solomon sent by the hand of Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and he fell upon him, that he died. Amen. Now let me just show you one thing here. I believe that the Lord has blessed me with certain good people in my life who have been good company for me, have been loyal to me and have been helpful to me. And that is one thing that has helped me to be where I am today. And you may not know, but that is one thing that you need to have in your life. You need to have good friends. You need to have good people around you. You need to eliminate intentionally people that are not good from your life. People that are down and out. And people that are not going anywhere to happen. Take them out of your life and make sure that you associate only with good people and with people that are succeeding. Now, Solomon organized the elimination of Adonijah, who was someone 
who had already shown the tendency to betray. For me as a minister, any part, I have developed various doctrines and teachings on loyalty, signs and symptoms, and various things that you should know and stages about disloyalty. I look out for it amongst my church members, amongst pastors, and so on. I watch for signs of disloyalty. If I feel that you are not loyal to me, I will try to teach you how to be loyal. And if after teaching and teaching, I realize that the spirit of orangutan is in you, then I can no longer be with you and I would prefer you to go away. Amen. So that I can dwell with people that believe in me and that I can flow with. Amen. And it is the same thing for you. You need to have people that believe in you around you. Everybody has mistakes. When somebody looks at you and tells you that you are not always right, what the person is saying is an obvious truth. Who is always right? Mr. Botre, is anybody always right? There's nobody like that. Sometimes you are right. Everybody is right sometimes and wrong sometimes. Everybody, no matter who you are, from the highest pope to the lowest cardinal, you are always right sometimes and wrong sometimes. So when somebody starts to talk to you like that and starts to try to point out your fault, you have faults. I know that everybody has faults. But you don't need people who are going to major on your faults. You, as you sit there, do you know the number of faults you have that God can see? The wicked things that are in your heart. The wicked things that are in your mind. The adulteries that are in people's heads. They have not committed it, but they have committed it a thousand times in their mind. God has seen all these things. And yet when you pray, God hears you. Even when he's revealing your sins to you, he reveals them one at a time. Because if he starts to show you how you are, you would like to pray again. Anybody who comes close to God and God shows you how your nature is. That is why Ezekiel said, I am undone. I am an unclean man and with unclean lips and I dwell amongst unclean people. Because we are sinful in a certain sense. And, and, but somehow God still relates with us. So you do not need people who are with you who always see your faults. Because God is with you and he doesn't look at your faults. He overlooks the fault and looks at any good thing in you. When the disciples were, uh, when he was about to go, his disciples, the last meeting, they were discussing who would be the greatest and who would be the main person to sit at the right hand and the left hand. But Jesus just made as if he hadn't heard it and continued. On the last day when Jesus was around, everybody deserted him. It wasn't only Judas. Everybody deserted. It was three people who were standing by the cross in the midst of the soldiers and all the people. John, Jesus' mother Mary, and Mary Magdalene. These were the three people that were left of the followers of Christ. Everybody, including uh, Peter and all of Peter he swore that this Jesus I've never seen him since I was born I want to give what do you mean I don't follow such blasphemers I mean they should kill the guy I don't have anything to do with him that was Peter Jesus overlooked all those things and said feed my sheep 
we do not need let me tell you we do not need to be surrounded by people who do not believe in us the bible says blessed is the man that seated not in the seat of the scorner the scorner who looks at you and scorns you and, and mocks you when i first began to preach wow i can remember as clear as today standing at the school of hygiene in kolebu learning how to preach and I remember standing there and seeing a hostile crowd of people because my assistant, my immediate assistant, had turned against me like Adonijah and was speaking to people, don't you see that this, don't you see that, and people were also discussing. I remember as I stood there with fear as I was going to preach, I was afraid. I used to have running stomach from the evening of Saturday funeral because you, you see the children you know that a child eh, it's only the real mother who is a real mother that's the sadness about the thing or one of the sad things amen yeah. we need to be surrounded I, I don't want anybody I know that I have mistakes can you just look at me closely you see a, lot, a whole lot of mistakes about it If you just look at somebody, you see a whole lot of... If I look at you, we see a whole lot of mistakes. But no, but we, we're looking beyond. That's why you need a father's eye, even spiritually, who can see beyond that fault, beyond that deficiency, beyond that mistake. and say, no, you can make it. Many people whom I want to bring up in the Lord, they often don't have the confidence that I have in them. They don't have that confidence in themselves. But I have confidence in you. I want you to know that I have confidence in you. Amen. Ruby, you know that I have confidence in you. <laughs> I do. I do. I know a whole lot of people that are going to do very well. It's just a matter of time. And all that you need to do is to get out of people who look down on you. Blessed is the man that don't, don't stay near anyone who looks down on you. Adonijah was the elder brother of Solomon. He was older than Solomon. He could have rather been the king. And he had a very critical, this small boy. You can't often flow with people who say, this small boy, this small boy. I don't, I don't flow because if you look at me, you can also say, I'm a small boy. I don't flow with people who tell me, you small boy, you this, you that. No, hey, tell look, you say, I'm a this, I'm a that, okay, fine. So you just stay in your corner. I also stay in my world and I do my best and God blesses me. That is the way I work. We, we, can't work, we can't work with a whole lot of criticism. We can't work with a whole lot of scorn and mockers and scorners. No. We cannot. But we can do great things for the Lord when we surround ourselves with good people. Now, another type of person, so the first type of, I'm giving you three types of people that you, you need to eliminate from your life. That is, the first type are scorners. And that was what Solomon did. He eliminated scorners, Adonijah, disloyal people, Shimei. He killed them. I mean, just killed them. In our time, there's a different way you can kill them. Amen. Don't take a gun or a sword, but just kill them in another way. Delete them from your life. Eliminate them. Have no friends that are some way. Amen. Now, the next type of, that is someone. And if you look at someone, you see what the Bible says. The next type are people who commit sin. People who commit sin. Now, Shimei was a person 
who insulted David and he blasphemed in speaking evil against David, cursing him and saying all sorts of things. Now that is another type of person whom you must decide to stay away from. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 10. It says, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Decide to stay away from sinners and people who do things. If you have a friend who sleeps with somebody else's wife, you may not be sleeping with a person's wife, but decide that you will not have that person as a friend. You will only meet such a person at maybe funerals or uh, a place like that, but not a person you meet or interact with or comes to your house or you go to the person's house. If you have somebody who smokes like a chimney, decide that this person will not be my friend anymore. If you have people who commit fornication, adultery, decide I will not just have this person as a friend. Any, although you don't do it, you just, just decide that this person, I'm not going to relate with the person any longer. End of story. My son, if sinners entice, enticing of sinners is not just by talking, but it's by doing it and they look now. If you have a friend who has a sugar daddy with a big stomach, and the sugar daddy takes her to London, and she comes back from London looking so good, wearing dresses, nice dresses, and she has some very nice shoes, hats to match, and various things, and, and she comes and you see her, and she looks so gorgeous. And she looks so beautiful. And you look, you know, the same with your old obroni werewolves that you've been wearing for some time. And she has come with her obroni alives. <laughs> you will be enticed. And you will say, maybe... If I was just to loosen up a bit and not be so rigid in this my Christianity, perhaps I'll also even have a little of that and then I can even come back to Christianity later. My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Let's all say, my son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Amen. Do not allow people to entice you in the first place. Decide. Do not have friends who are not Christian and people who don't go to church. Don't let them, let them be your acquaintances at work or wherever. Say hi to them. Just flow with them. They ask you anything about Princess Diana. Just tell them whatever you know about soccer, starlets. Just tell them what you know. But after that, stay to yourself and don't let them be people that you move with you eat with you do this you do that with because you know what they will tell you when it's time for church you know what they'll tell you i'm not going to church will you go that's what they ask i'm not going to church are you going yeah i decided not to go today will you go and when you are with somebody who has said i am not going will you go you are immediately enticed after all somebody is not going Eliminate such people from your life. Amen. My friends, if you go back, all my friends have been proper. Even I used to play music, musician. But I realized that amongst the musicians, they were not, some of them were not proper. They were not my friends. I mean, I'd just be on stage with them. 
Oh, amen. Glory. In fact, some of them, when they say glory, cry, I feel it's not a real glory. <laughs> I, I didn't flow with. But the people that I, fl- I flew with, <laughs> proper believers, in a church, a large church like this, you don't know the tigers and lions that are in the forest. When the rain begins to fall, the forest grows, the grass grows. And a lot of things come in. We don't know who is here. I don't know who is listening. You may even be a spy. There may be a spy here who's come to just listen to what the man is saying. We want to find out whether he's this or that. Whether he's uh, this party or that party or this or that or that. Hey, there's no need. You can ask me after church. I'll tell you straight that we don't have to worry yourself trying to detect from what I'm saying. Come and see me after. I'll just tell you what I am. There are all sorts of people around. So you've got to be very careful. Can I have an amen for the Lord? The next type of person that I want you to avoid are disorderly Christians. In 2 Thessalonians, and I want you to turn to that, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and I want us to read from only verse 6, if you will, please. I beg you to turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. We want to read from verse 6. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, disorderly brothers, and not after the tradition which he received of us. For yourselves know how ye ought to follow us, for we behave not ourselves disorderly amongst you. Amen. Amen. Straight away, the Bible is saying, if there is a brother who is disorderly. Now, what do I mean by disorderly? Anything that is out of order in a person's life. The Bible says, withdraw yourself from that person. David Solomon eliminated the third person he eliminated was Joab. Joab. Joab was okay, but he had some problems. He was an independent spirit person. He supported bad people. He said bad things. He would say things that were not right. And Solomon said, I'm going to get rid of this guy out of my life. And I want you to get rid of such people from your life. If you do that, you are going to go far. But if you do not obey what I'm telling you today, the Spirit is telling me, there are a lot of people here. You are going to fall away within the next six months. You fall away from Christ. I remember the picture of one lady who used to be a secretary for a church. Standing there as a prostitute now, taking pictures naked. You ask yourself, how does a person move from the church office as a secretary? Now standing naked and taking pictures for magazines and virtually become a prostitute. How do people get from that stage to another? You should listen to what backsliders said at the end of their lives when they were going, when they were dying. Decide that if there is anything disorderly about this person, Charlie, withdraw yourself and move to the proper crowd. Within the church, there is a church. I said, within the church, there is a church. And stay in the good church within the church. Amen. 
And if you yourself know that you are disorderly, come and see your pastor. Look at the beautiful pastors on stage. Pastor Big Daddy, if you want any big, you have any big problem, Pastor Big Daddy is going to. Pastor Joe is little Joe. If you have any little problem, you can see him. And all of them on, on the stage, you can go to them. Anyone who you feel is approachable. And you see some church members, they'll come and see the pastor. They'll come and see one of the pastors. Pastor, you are approachable. That's why I've come to you. The, the other pastor is not approachable. You are an orangu. You are a, an orangu straight away. You are coming to cause division by saying that, oh, you are approachable. You are very approachable. When I see you on stage, how do you know whether they are approachable by looking at their faces on stage? Amen. Amen. Withdraw yourself from a disloyal person, from a person who says certain things that are not right, from people who do things you know they are not right questionable things, questionable characters questionable boyfriends questionable beloved, withdraw yourself from that co congregation ladies, ladies, people who are marrying unbelievers and are telling us that they are believers, we know them we know that they are not believers withdraw yourself from that company otherwise one day you will find yourself presenting to us an unbeliever in the name of Christ and telling us that he is a believer but we all know that he's not a believer. Amen. And the day will come when you will see all the troubles that will happen to Amen. you. Withdraw yourself from anything that is disorderly. Amen. Save yourself today. Amen. It is easy to solve problems when they are starting. But when you are deep in it's difficult Amen. to come out. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the last secret of Solomon's success that I want us to look at. The very, very last secret. For five minutes, I'm going to share with that. And then we are going to move to a new thing next week. Is that Solomon made the most of the opportunities that were given to him. Making the most of the opportunities and the blessings. He made the most of his inheritance. If you read the story of Solomon, you will realize that he had in 1 Chronicles chapter 28 and 29, a lot of gold and silver was given to him. He had a lot of gold. He had a lot of silver. A lot was placed in his hand. He had a lot of opportunity. But he made the most of it. There are people who feel that if you are going to, if you inherit something, you will by all means make the most of it. But I've come to see many people waste opportunities. Many, many of you here. Why would you go to hell if you walk with Jesus? But Judas went to hell. Judas. Why should you be in a good church like this? Hear what I am saying today and go to hell. Amen. Would it not be sad if one day you find yourself moving in hell, in anguish, just moving around and then finding other people in the place and just sweating and asking for water and seeing us over there in heaven, just drinking I mean, ice cream and just enjoying ourselves and having a good time. You think, what do you think happened to the rich man? He saw Lazarus far away. And there, there may be a video screen in, in hell for you to see what is going on in heaven. I don't know. And there may be some telephones or faxes that you could send from heaven to hell because it seems that a message was sent to heaven. People do not make use of great opportunities. I am convinced. That is why Europe and America have stopped giving aid they use, as they used to give. Because a lot of aid will be given to them. They don't make use of it. Amen. Do you think Ghana is a poor country? Never. 
Never, 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 never. Let us stop blaming the white man for the condition of Africa. Let's blame ourselves. Why should you allow somebody to come and even colonize you? That's the first mistake. And the second mistake, why didn't you go and discover them? Why did you allow them to come and discover you? And then the third thing I want to say is when they were eventually going back, they also left a lot of gold and this and that and that and all the timber and everything was here. Where where, where is it now? And even now there's still an opportunity for us to rise up and do well. But people do not make the most of the opportunity. We said independence, we have a right to manage or mismanage our affairs. Ghana and motherland is free forever. We have a right to manage or mismanage our affairs. And we have mismanaged our affairs already. Clearly, we can all see that. We have mismanaged our affairs for 40 years. <laughs> that is what we said. And here we are. And it's not as though there's no gold. Let me tell you something. You people don't know. People have a little chance and they just walk through. They force their way through survival. Some of you have good parents. You people don't know what it's like to have a good parent. Some people didn't have it. I thank God for my father and for my mother. Some of you have had good parents to tell you do this, but you didn't, you didn't mind them. Oh, you are Kolo. Oh, your mother is Kolo now. I see. The day you are eating with pigs, you realize that it's more colo to eat with pigs. People have had great opportunities and have not made the most of those opportunities. Starting with spiritual opportunity. In this church, if you do not rise up even to be a pastor or a minister in this church, whose fault? You walk with Jesus and Jesus raised the dead three or four times. You are standing there, Judas. You see, feely, feely. Feely, feely. The man has been dead for four days. And they call him out. You see Jesus raising people from the dead. His disciples were with him all the time, including Judas. You see him going and he saw somebody like, can you imagine if somebody had seen Lady Diana yesterday on the way when they were walking by? And Jesus had come out of the crowd and said to the sons, don't worry. Then he had gone to the coffin and pulled off that royal gown. And then just said, lady, lady, I say, wake up and come. And she had started knocking on the, I, I, I want to come out, I want to come out. Would it not have been a miracle? I mean, the whole world would have... That person who did that miracle, I don't know what will be happening to him by now. But that is what Jesus did. And there were people who saw. And yet, and yet, some didn't believe. And yet they killed him. So at a point you ask yourself, what do people want? That's why I know that miracles do not make everybody believe. It makes some people believe, but not everybody. Sometimes we have had pastors. 
just walking away. You wonder that at this person, what is he after? Sometimes you give people jobs and you ask yourself, what do they want? You just don't know at a point. People have everything. Sometimes you see some husbands who have good wives. They ask yourself, that, what else do you want apart from this good person that God has given to you? You see some wives who have good husbands. Good husbands. And they are not happy. Ask yourself, what else do they want? It's like everybody who has something wants something. Opportunities upon opportunities. Me, I know as I stand here, this is my opportunity in Collegono. Hey, me, I'm not moving. No, I'm here. And I'm here. This is my opportunity. When I was in school of hygiene, preaching, I knew this was my opportunity. I didn't intend to waste it. I said, these few people, Charlie, this is what God has given me. I'm going to stay with it. I'm going to do it. I'm not going anywhere. And you see that I'm staying with it. You see that the thing is becoming something. People don't know what they have. Sometimes you see pastors, they have a nice church. You see them, they leave their church going to places, going to preach. Have you noticed that every Sunday I'm here, I have more than, more than 60 branches. I don't... Sunday morning, you can ask all of them. They, I invite me, say this, I, look, I tell them, I invite me Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But Sunday, be it wherever I'll be here. Unless I cannot. There are sometimes I cannot. Amen. But I know what I have. I know that this is what I have. And I want to begin to share with you why it seems that some people waste the great opportunities that they have in this life. Amen. Because I believe that that is going to help us not to waste the opportunities that we have. Listen to me. Some people who are dying... Yesterday when I was watching the funeral, it got to a point I, I became annoyed. Because as the service got on, I said, ah, but when you do this thing, the people cannot understand what you are saying. They, they, don't, they, don't, they don't relate with what you are doing. Just come and then, practically, practically, what are you doing? What are you saying? And the whole church has become some ceremonial, ritualistic something. No wonder Lady Diana was going for uh, uh, what do you call psychic healers. Because they will say something that's relevant, that we can understand in English. Sometimes I look, I say, yeah. And sometimes you look at people who have gone on and maybe they may not even go to heaven or whatever. And sometimes it's not even their fault because they never even heard like how I'm sharing with you the gospel and at, at the end of my preaching I'll say give your life to Christ or you will go to hell it's an opportunity when you hear it like that and you still go then you have no excuse but I know some people may have an excuse because they never heard and that is why when I got born again I determined to tell a lot of people about it because I used to go to church every Sunday I can mention the names of the churches but I will not mention the names because they are good churches still but the priest never told me that I had to be born again. It pained me. Because one day I almost drowned at Ambassador Beach. And when I remember that day that I was drowning, I said to myself, had I drowned? Hey! Where would I be? By now I'll be trotting, trotting. Where did they go? 
But you are sitting here hearing the gospel live and clear. You have no excuse. You have a pastor, he's teaching you. Some people, they are born again, but they don't understand it. But I'm teaching you. Am I not teaching you? Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, you have something. If you don't make good of it, it's your fault. If you go to hell, don't blame Jesus. Don't blame me. I've told Jesus that when I get to hell, I don't want any church member to come and say that he didn't teach us certain things. And if he had taught us, I'm teaching you everything now. So hear it well. I don't want anybody to come and say, we never had any message about this or we never had any message about that. You should have taught us. No, that's why I'm trying to teach you. Notice if you listen to me preaching, I preach about everything. I preach about being born again. When Reverend Mosasono came, he made a comment. He said, surprised to hear a teaching on something as simple and basic as being born again. For weeks, I taught you what it means to be born again and what it means not and what it does not mean. Then I teach Holy Spirit baptism and tongues. When I'm preaching down on Christ, some people are complaining. Eh, why if you want to just round it up? We are tired of this tongues. Say, oh, I'm doing it to cover myself. When we get to heaven and they are bringing various accusations, I say, look, Charlie, go and see the tapes are there. If you ring back on earth, you'll find that the tapes are there. I don't want anybody to say that the Sunday that he came to church, there was no altar call. If there was altar call, he would have given his life to Christ. That's why every Sunday I do an altar call. Every blessed Sunday. I don't want anybody to say, I was there, but I never heard it. When they are on their way to, I said, ah, ah, oh, I'm a Christian. No, no, no. You are not a Christian. You are not born again. No, what do you mean? I don't, I don't want anybody to say, but I was in church. I was baptized, confirmed, but I never heard it. No, not here. Not here, please. That's why every Sunday I do it. I say, give your life to Jesus Christ. This is your chance. Church. I said, church. You have an opportunity. You have pastors who have time for you. You have a church. As a nation, Ghana. Hear me, Ghana. We have things. Things that we can make ourselves blessed. Let's not waste it. But sometimes I wonder whether we are not wasting it. God wants to take us forward. And Solomon was a man who sat and looked at the gold that his father gave him. And he never wasted it. He used it and he built it. Every time I go to Takradi, my wife shows me some houses built by a man who died. When he died, you know what? He gave it to his sons. I know what his sons did. His sons I'm gonna ask God. Okay. <laughs> you see, it, it is very painful when you are watching a match and you can see that they are wasting the opportunities to score the goal. <laughs> Look, stand to your feet. Our time is up. I'll continue next week. Lift it up high. I see all your hands. I see all your hands. Pastor, please pray for me this morning before we close. I don't want to go to hell. I want to be a born again Christian. Pray for me. Okay, those of you who have lifted up your hands, come to the front, please. Come to the front, and I'm going to pray with you. Come from wherever you are. Come, come, come. Come and stand in front of me here, and I'm going to pray with you. Please, from upstairs, if you lifted up your hand, 
come very quickly we don't have much time come and stand right in front of me here and I'm going to pray specially for you before we close come all the way maybe somebody invited you this is an opportunity this is an opportunity come and stand right here today is your day of salvation this is your opportunity God bless you as you come keep coming those from upstairs come quickly this is an opportunity do not waste it do not waste it come and stand right here pastor pray for me pray for me I want to give my life to Jesus Christ I want to be born again I don't want to go to hell pray for me pastor I've decided quickly coming from the back from upstairs come very quickly please I want to give my life to Jesus I don't want to go to hell pastor pray for me blessed be the name of the Lord we give you praise we give you honor we give you glory quickly please shall we pray no movement please nobody should move shall we pray say this prayer with me Lord Jesus this morning say those of you this is an opportunity say Lord Jesus this morning I humble myself and I come to you just as I am please forgive me for my sins please wash me in the blood of Jesus from today I will serve the Lord I will follow Jesus please write my name in the book of life from today I am born again I am a Christian and I will serve the Lord so help me God in Jesus name Amen God bless you for listening to this message Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.